Welcome to the Watching World Podcast, a podcast of abundant life, whose mission is to see lives changed by Jesus, and whose vision is to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. I'm your host, Les Norman. Thanks for joining us today. It's wonderful to have you. And since the inception of the Watching World Podcast, I've been wanting to get this gentleman on. Uh, I'm super excited. We haven't had a ton of episodes yet, but we're, we're, we're building that up. It takes some time. But uh, if there's anything that has been crucial in my walk, in my faith, it has been accountability because I've, I've had my past things, my skeletons, my sins, my struggles, and I'll share that as we go along today. But I have, like many of you, have a willingness to not sin, a willingness to follow God and be obedient. But, you know, as, as the Apostle Paul says, you know, I do what I don't want to do. I know what I should do, but I do what I don't want to do. And I need community and I need brothers out there uh, to help me through it and for me to help them through it. And so I need to grow by accountability. And so that's our topic today. And my guest is the founder and president of Character That Counts, which launched in July of 2000, co-founder of TGIW with men's groups meeting all over the world. He's an author and publisher of over 30 books, including Character That Counts, Who's Counting Yours. He wrote an excerpt in How to Disciple Men. I love that book, Life in View of Eternity, and many, many more. He's an ordained minister, keynote retreat and banquet speaker across the country. He served as a senior vice president, COO and CFO of FCA. He even has a CPA license degree. Man, my goodness gracious. And here's a cool thing for me, too, being the athlete, an academic All-American football player at Central Washington University, a four-year letterman, which means he'll pray for you, and then if he puts on a football helmet, he could knock you out. Rod Hanley, how are you, man? Thanks, Les. Good to be with you. It's good to, good to have you here today. I so appreciate that. So, Tell people who maybe don't know about Character of the Counts or TGIW or anything, Rod Hanley, Bride, Jana, tell us about you and your family. So Character of the Counts actually launched in July of 2000, which you mentioned, and uh, who to believe that we'd be 20 plus years now into this, and uh, God's been super faithful. You know, we just, we just try to communicate life principles of character, integrity, and accountability to men, women, and teens, and uh, I've had the privilege of writing some books and, uh, you know, having the opportunities you mentioned just to speak and share. And, and these truths, these timeless truths have personally changed my own life. Uh, like you, Les, I'm a flawed man, imperfect man. Uh, want to do the right thing, want to be the right person. Uh, don't don't uh, plan and predict, uh, hey, I want to fail today. I want to mess up. I want to ruin my testimony. But, you know, life happens and, sure and things does. occur and temptation happens. And, you know, Phil Hopper always says, you know, you don't let temptation and opportunity intersect. And the beautiful thing about accountability, that's that's the protective hedge. And that's a the guardrails that every one of us needs. None of us are exempt. I mean, we 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 have serious problems when we say I don't need to be accountable uh, because literally we're inviting in the tempter and uh, opportunities uh, to present themselves. And uh, we desperately need it. And I and I, I often share this when I speak. Um, and it's, it's a study based on something called alternative history. And people study, you know, throughout the years, what would have happened if Nazi Germany would have won World War II? Or what would have happened if Abraham Lincoln had not been shot? Well, I've asked the question, what would have happened to Rod Hanley if he had not been accountable 30 mm. years ago when I was introduced to this? Unless the family I have today, the ministry I have today, it wouldn't exist. I know that for, for, for a fact. Right. I don't know where I would be. And so literally accountability changed my life. And um, I, I, was, I was struggling with um, a private world that didn't match my public world. I, I had sins that were just 
commonplace that were, were plaguing me. And praise God, uh, I was introduced to this word and it changed my life. And now the this ministry was really launched out of that word. So we can get into more of that a little bit later. But sure. uh, God was, God's been very, very faithful. And I got a beautiful family, Jana, uh, the four kids, uh, uh, Brooke, Derek, Jake, and Trent. Uh, we just uh, have a—God has really blessed us. My kids are in ministry, and they are doing well. And my wife's a saint. You know her less. Very uh, well. She, and she is a saint. <laughs> she is amazing. I mean, she's, she gave away one of her kidneys to a, a member of our church here because God called her to do that. I mean, that's that's who she is. She's, she's, the, she's the ultimate servant. So you hear many people say, I'd give the shirt off my back. I'd give my right arm for that person. <laughs> and how many people say that that actually aren't called to the carpet on that? And— uh, Jana Hanley said, yeah, I'd give a kidney. And she sure did. She did. That she did. She, she wished she had more kidneys to give away. That's, I, uh, she has, yeah, absolutely, uh, she, she's yes. unbelievable. Yeah, so. absolutely. I love your bride. And I can't believe you've got two of your kiddos married now. Two married. Two married. So just, just two more and you're officially the, the empty nest where you guys can punt <laughs> and live on the road if you wanted to. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, so tell me before we dive into character that counts, and how that came about. Tell me about your background of faith growing up. Did you, were you, were you raised in a Christian home? What was it like? Uh, and you're originally from Washington, Washington State. So tell me what it was like for Rod Hanley growing up. Well, I had a drug problem. My parents drug me to church. And of course, at the time, <laughs> <laughs> at the time. <laughs> a little exclamation point there you on go. that. Yeah, I wanted to get your attention. Uh, yeah, but, you uh, but, you know, I, I love the fact now that my parents made church a requirement. And we were there all the time. Uh, Sundays, Sunday night, Wednesdays, I mean, Thursday, I mean, you know, if the church doors were open, we were there. And I, and as a teenager, I, I, I knew the right thing because I'd been exposed to it. But I, I was, I was, I might've been saved, but I, but, but he might've been my savior, but he wasn't my Lord. And yeah, I, and sense. I was, uh, had one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And on Sunday I presented myself really well, but Monday through Saturday was my time. And my time was really sports. That was uh, was my ticket. That was uh, what I was wanting. And I knew that if I gave my life fully to Christ, that sports might not be part of the equation. So that's why I resisted uh, really engaging. And it was uh, right before my senior year of high school, 17 years old at a youth conference that I went to kicking and screaming. My dad literally drugged me there. that was my that was my face to face encounter with the Lord, and mm. when it when it became real that I needed to give God my whole life, even my sports, and there were no guarantees less what would happen from that, uh, but the Lord was uh, very merciful and very gracious. He said, "Okay, I want to I want you to continue to play, but now you're going to glorify me, not glorify yourself." And so sports took on a very very different uh, feel my senior year, and then into those four years of playing college football. And uh, God did a really cool work, and uh, and He was working on my heart. He was working on my obedience and my trust in Him, and and uh, that's when I got involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, during my post college years, and actually was on staff with FCA for almost fifteen years, uh, using that platform of athletics, which is a great way to share faith, absolutely, uh, sports Love it. and Christianity. Really, so many parallels; they collide. The metaphors work, and. Uh, and so God, God used all that experience to now do what I do with character that counts. I love it. And so, uh, character that counts comes about. Was it was it a, a dream in your heart? Was it? <laughs> uh, I need some accountability. What was it that brought the birth of character that counts? Where you've been doing this for over twenty years? 
Well, I wrote a book while I was at FCA called Character Counts, Who's Counting Yours? And what happened, Less once you write a book, and you know this because you're an author as well, all of a sudden people say, gosh, you wrote a book, you might have something to say. So I got, inv- <laughs> I got invited to, to speak at uh, you know keynote events and breakfasts and weekend conferences. And towards the tail end of my FCA career, it became clear that something had to go because I was, I was burning the candle at both ends. And so a step of faith to leave a job I loved, a ministry I believed in, to launch into something brand new, uh, it was a little scary. My, my wife was uh, probably more, even more frightened than me about what, what does this look like? But uh, just out of obedience, we knew that we needed to proclaim those three words, character, integrity, accountability. And uh, God did, a, a, like I say, it's all glory to God that he began to open up doors to make that a full-time vocation. And, and again, to think back that I've been doing this for 20 years is staggering. Um, and I literally, and I'm not exaggerating here, I've averaged between 250 to 300 speaking engagements every year, wow. except for last year. Right. Last year with COVID, uh, yeah. things uh, got a little different. But, but you know, that's how it's, I, we paid the bills. And that's got, you know, the book sales have allowed us to, to you know, put put food on the table. And, and God has been incredibly faithful. We actually have a staff of... I think five or six uh, members of our team now that uh, God has provided. So it's it's much bigger than me. And 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 remember, God gets all the glory. Amen to that. It's characterthatcounts.org, right? Yes. So people can go to characterthatcounts.org if you want to find out more information. So that's the character that counts, and part of that is TGIW. So where did the TGIW come in? What does that stand for? Teaching God's Infinite Wisdom. Right. And uh, Dan Erickson and I co-launched that about a year after Character That Counts because we realized that, yes, most of my gigs were weekend, but what were we going to do midweek in in our own city? And not just kind of fly in and fly out, but how could we invest in our community? So we we launched this men's Bible study on a Wednesday morning. In fact, it had a a second name. Thank God it's Wednesday. Uh, Also kind of fit. But... uh, we just opened it up to the men, and, and we didn't want to do it in a church setting. We wanted to do it in a, in a, in a place that would uh, provide a, a forum for believers, unbelievers, uh, saved, unsaved, uh, charismatic, Catholic. I mean, we, we didn't care. We just wanted to help men be godly men. Just open doors to men. Open doors to men. And God has truly blessed that because, you know, that thing not just expanded not just in our metro, but literally across the nation, across the world as well. So we have these groups meeting everywhere. And uh, God has been so faithful to it. And uh, and praise God, we still have this uh, very dynamic ministry that takes place right here in Lee Summit. Uh, every Tuesday and Wednesday morning, we meet. And, and with Zoom, you know, the new technology, uh, we have men that are joining us literally from all over the world uh, for these Zoom calls. And it's now uploaded on YouTube. And I mean, we've progressed less. I never imagined we would would do some of the things we did, and and that's been one of the blessings of COVID. That our ministry didn't didn't shrink; it actually expanded. Yeah, uh, our generation isn't the the most not not to say we're not technologically savvy, although some of us are not technologically savvy. You know, here's all this equipment as we do the podcast, and and I got to thank Cole Derus because if it wasn't for Cole, you and I just might be shouting somewhere backstage or something. So I'm so yeah. appreciative of that. And hey, technology can be used for good. Absolutely, we, absolutely, it can. It can. You got to you got to be careful, but it can be used in a wonderful way. Absolutely. So accountability. Why is it so important? Why do we need accountability? 
Well, it's a loaded I, question, I, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and and let me just—I uh, kind of—I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but let me just say this: that accountability is being honest with God, honest with others, and honest with yourself. Right. Can and, you say that order okay. again? I like the order yeah, that you put that yeah, in. Yeah, and, and for a reason, right. it's being honest with God, right. honest with others, honest with yourself. And of the three, the most difficult to be honest with, when you really think about it, is yourself. That's right. We lie to ourselves. We easily compromise. We easily justify. Um, listen to our hormones. You know, I need this. I want this. I deserve this. Language. Um, you're you're not enough. You you need more. And so we are we are prone to evil. Every one of us, uh, you know, in fact, Scripture says that the heart is deceitful and wicked. Who can trust it? I mean, we, right. we've got it within us. And, and I believe that accountability, when we are honest with ourselves and realize I need to be honest with a couple of people, because God already knows the truth. God already knows. And when we begin to embrace those three things, accountability is not a bad thing. It's not like, oh, I'm going to be found. Guess what? When you begin to understand what you're really going through and that there's people who love you, that want to help you, and there's a God that's supportive of this as well, man, there's freedom, Les. There Amen. is amazing freedom that takes place. And Galatians now you're, 5.1. Now you're not running around going, am I going to be found out? Am I going to be discovered? You know, you know, trying to keep all those balls juggling. I mean, it's a heavy load, and I'll never forget Les. Back in those days when I was struggling immensely with pornography, I'll just say the word, that was the word that was just hammering me, I would wake up in the morning with this haunting question going through my mind, will today be the day people find out who I really am? Oh, right. And that's a terrible way to live, especially if you're trying to serve Jesus. You're trying to serve Jesus, and yet you know... You know on the inside what's really going on. I had that same feeling with that same struggle. It was like, I'm going to get caught. Did I cover my tracks? Am I hearing a compliment from someone? And then walking away with this whole gut punch of, I am the exact opposite of what that person thinks I am, but I'll just keep playing this masquerade and let them believe that that's what I am. But you know, who we really are is who we are behind closed doors. It's not, it's that inner sinful nature in us, especially when we're hiding. And so, um, again, that kind of struggle, it, you're right. It was the day, when am I going to get caught? And, and eventually did, and it was the freest day of my life. I literally felt like 15 pounds had immediately dropped. I was ashamed. And I also remember, and I think this speaks to a lot of people that are listening out there as well, not only can I not tell anybody because they'll find out who I really am, but there's this misconception, and I went through this because back then I didn't know it was a misconception, but my feeling was, and this is probably a Satan whisper, nobody struggles with this but you. You are a shameful, horrible person. You can't tell anybody this because I wanted to. I wanted so bad. I want to be free. I want to tell, but I can't. I don't want to ruin my family. I don't want to ruin my marriage. I, I don't want to lose friendships. You have all these, And so, I, therefore, I can't tell anybody. I can't be accountable. I can't get someone in my life that will help me because I felt like I was unworthy of God's love unworthy of that freedom, and just there was so much shame there that I just felt like I couldn't let it go. I, it was just this vicious cycle of what you said earlier. It's that voice that keeps telling you, need to, but can't. Want to, but can't. They're going to find out, so I can't. I might lose this, so I can't. Instead of thinking, God's got it under control. I need to live in freedom, and I so want to be out of this. 
Our stories are really identical, Les. I mean, I mean, what you just shared is exactly the trauma I was going through in my mind. And, and that message of, you know, too, pe- too many people are counting on me. I can't share my weaknesses. I can't come clean. I can't be transparent. I, and the enemy was hammering me with all kinds of stuff as well. Hey, you're the only one that feels this way. Don't, don't do that. You might get fired from your job. You know, don't, don't, don't get real. Don't get transparent. Don't get honest. And, and here's the crazy part. And this is what the enemy does. And I, want, and I don't want to give the enemy too much credit here because some of this is we do it to ourselves. Self-imposed, <laughs> for sure. Self-imposed. But, but here's what the enemy does. He invites us to sin. And then when we sin, he hammers us, hammers us because we did sin. That's right. I mean, he gets us on the front end and the back end like, you call yourself a Christian for what you just did? I mean, he tries to just – and his, 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 his message is clear. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's right. And that's the three things he's trying to do. And and if he can get a Christian man, a man who knows the truth, to be playing this this game of a non-accountable life, guess what? We are we are we are being used of him because because at one point we're gonna get found out and then everything shatters. I mean, you and I we can start listing names less of men of God that 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 weren't accountable and their sins were found out, and guess what? It destroys their family, their reputation, their ministry. I mean, I shudder to think what not just takes place here, but what what about eternity for those people? Right. And that's why I say sign me up for some freedom. Sign me up for some accountability. Amen. You know, no no secrets, no hidden closets, mm-hmm. no isolation. We're called to walk in the light. And we walk in the light. And guess what? Man, it is it is the only way to live. And so why you say, why be accountable? Freedom. Amen to that. And you know, it's there are people out there that are listening to this. Someone's going to hear this, that they're in a struggle. They're in a fight. And for whatever reason, they feel like they can't talk to someone. They can't confess that to someone. They're hiding. They're going through the same thoughts and emotions and feelings, and they're believing the same lies that you and I went through during the time. But James five sixteen says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And it's that freedom that when we, it's not just, oh, I just want to tell someone. You know, I once heard from a Jernigan Schwent pastor, used to be here at Abundant Life, but he said, you know, it's okay to not be okay. But then the next step is, it's not okay to stay there. You know, it's not just the freedom of telling someone, which doesn't make it okay. It's telling someone and then having someone in our life that can help us move forward, move on, and begin to live a life of obedience and faith so you don't have to live in that world anymore. I'm so glad you brought up James 5.16, one of my favorite verses, um, and unless it's one of about a hundred verses that we have accumulated and put together that I can provide to people who come to our website, but, but uh, that verse uh, is so critical when you confess your sins when you pray for one another, then you'll be healed. Right. That's when the healing happens, when you come clean. You know, uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. And <sighs> in the New Living Translation, I love the way it says this verse. It says this. It says, the man who is alone is in real trouble. And guys and gals and teens, and you know, if you're walking alone, if you're living in isolation, if you don't have a community of believers that you are sharing the real stuff, not the superficial news, sports, and weather uh, issues, but you're getting into the issues of, you know, your your secret thought life, your 
your unexamined life, your purposes, your priorities, your goals, your ambitions, your motives, your use of time and money, your pride, your fear, your anger, your problems, your suffering, your discouragement. If, if you have nobody that you're revealing that stuff to, you're on a slippery slope. Right. You are you are in, in dangerous territory. There's because there's landmines everywhere. And if you have a, a, a friend, you know, John 15, 13 says, greater love has no man than this, and he lays down his life for his friends. One of my favorites. And so do you have that kind of a friend? Do you have that someone, one, two, or three? And that's what we're talking about, a handful of people that you come clean with. And here's the beautiful thing. Once you come clean with one, two, or three, unless you know this, you could come clean with hundreds and thousands of people. I'll tell you what, Rod, back in the day when I was in the thick of all of it, before I had come clean, got caught, talked about it, you know, like you, I'm a public speaker and delivered keynotes and ministry and and in business and so much, but I could never imagine standing up before a men's group, before a TGIW group back then, and telling them, you know, one of my big struggles was pornography, uh, along with insecurity and failure and all those things, and it comes from a father wound. And my dad had pornography laying around. I saw it first when I was seven. But that stuff sticks in your brain, and we won't get to the chemical and the physiological stuff because there's a big part of that. But I remember back then thinking, I will never tell anybody this because that doesn't feel like freedom to me. That feels like embarrassment and shame, and I just dig a hole and live in a hole with a straw sticking out of the ground so I can breathe. But yet God is the one that used me once once I found out, praise God, I got caught. Praise God that he dealt with me and had accountability partners in my life. And I've been able to confess that God does the work and heals your heart and allows it to be used for his glory to help other people who, like us, were, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sharing that. Forget it. And now when you, and I've heard you share this story now, and I know that it's your greatest moment, but it is his greatest moment. Amen. Because of what he's done That's in right. the midst of that. and. Less by you sharing and by me sharing, we give other people courage to share their stories too. Exactly. That's what I was going to say next. Yes, absolutely. It, it empowers other people to stop living in that shame, which is a burden. You can't even imagine how heavy and how high that burden is. And, you know, there might be people out there right now, Rod, that, um, well, I don't have a good friend that I trust or I don't have somebody. And at the end of the show, I want to pray for those people mm-hmm. as well. Maybe we could do that here as we as we get ready to close. But we just need to ask God to bring someone into their life because there, there are people out there listening that could maybe come up with, oh, one, two, three, four different people, but there are other people that they're shy, they're introverted, or maybe they just don't have anybody in their life they feel like they could trust. And I would just say, hey, just pray and ask God to reveal someone in your life. Bring someone in my life, Lord, that will that I could confess to and that won't judge me, that that will help me along into this journey of faith. So I tell people when they ask, so how do I start? I say the first thing, pray. Just pray. Pray that God will bring someone in your life. Reveal who that may be. There you go. And this is a prayer God wants to answer because God is in, into, you know, yes, we'll be individually judged, but Scripture tells us that two are better than one. I mean, that that team is is part of community and fellowship is is absolutely critical. So first of all, pray. Pray that God, and, and it may be someone on your radar, maybe a, a current friend. It may be somebody you just have recently met, but God will bring someone to your path. And then what you're going to have to do, this is a hard thing, you're going to have to risk. And what I've often found out that occurs, especially when God has confirmed it through prayer, mm-hmm. 
when you risk and say, hey, hey, Les, could we begin to meet and do something like this? So many times the other guy on the other end saying, I've been praying about that too. <laughs> really, me? I mean, I mean, it's amazing how the Lord has, you know, begins to meld things together. And then once you have, have identified one person, there's two things you have to do to make this thing run. The first thing, you have to make a covenant to each other. Right. A covenant relationship. And and I have in our on our website and through our books and resources, and we can make this available to you for free if you want. But I have 15 different covenants that you ought to consider. Things about confidentiality, regularity, uh, you know, what what are we gonna do when we meet? And and you're, you're basically setting the ground rules for what this is gonna look like. It gives you a little bit of a plan, give you a little bit of a structure, and because guys typically don't like that or can't think of it, aren't creative enough, I give you 15 to process through with your partner. Okay, here's what we want to do. And then, in addition to a covenant, you also identify what are the questions we're going to do. And on our website, we have men questions, women questions, teen questions, couples questions. Lots uh, and, of good questions. And, and things to get the get you know get your mind going. And if you want to punt and say, hey, we just want to use Rod's questions, great. But, you know, the best questions are the questions you come up with. And you say, we're going to make a commitment that we're going to meet on a weekly basis and we're going to go through these questions. And I will tell you, as someone who's done this now for 30 years, <laughs> the questions never grow old. Right. Because, because they, are, they are life questions. And our first question, if you go look at it, the first question is what I call our Jesus question. How are you and Jesus doing? That to me is a critical question because if my Jesus time is kind of lame, uh, their other nine questions aren't going to go very well. I mean, it's a, it's a leading <laughs> it's a indicator. Point, leading right? indicator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the second most important question is the final question. Question 10, have you lied on any of your answers today? Mm, and I remember that question. You, I got my little card, my yeah, laminated yeah, card. Yeah, I remember yeah, the yeah. first time I got that card, I was reading through them like, awesome, 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 awesome. Oh, dang. <laughs> I got to number 10 like, that, oh, you had to get real, didn't you? Yeah, and, and here's what I tell people. If you don't want to get real and don't and be honest with God, others, and self, then don't waste your time with accountability. Yeah, just playing and around. And don't, don't waste the person you're invited to do this with you. It's, right. it's all a charade. It's, 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 it's sinking sand. But if you're committed to that question 10 that I'm here to tell the truth, I'm here to be honest, I'm here to be vulnerable, I'm here to be real. I want to grow. Hang on for the ride, man. You are on an amazing journey with with now a John 15, 13 friend. Right. Watch what God can do. Absolutely. Watch what God can do. And and I want to say this. We talked about this before we came on the air. But when you're searching for an accountability partner, it is probably not the wisest decision to look for someone that will tell you what you want to hear, that will just agree with everything you say. You need to find someone that the definition of a fair weather friend is that a true friend, a true accountability partner is somebody that will challenge you in love, but they'll challenge you. They will always be honest with you again in love, but it's not what you want to hear. It's what you need to hear. Right. So I want to give you a couple of verses that will underscore that. Proverbs 27, 6 says faithful are the wounds of a friend. So good. But deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. So. And, and unless there's people that will tell you everything you want to hear, that's not a real friend. That's not. A real friend in love is willing to confront, is willing to challenge, is willing to, to, to say, brother, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's a real friend. Hey, so I'm going to, I didn't think of this until right now. I thought about it the other day, forgot about it, but until right now you brought it up. 
you were that friend to me once. And I don't know if you remember this or not. Um, I was in your driveway and it had been a while and and you had called me and I learned this from you. You know, if somebody calls you, it's the 24 to 48 hour rule. And I don't even remember the why behind it. And it wasn't intentional, but uh, I was grabbing some books or something this day. It was in your driveway. We were, you know, in the red van. We were unpacking the mm-hmm. red van and I was getting ready to leave. And uh, I said, hey, man, love you, brother. Good to see you. And you turned to me and you said, you love me, huh? And I said, yeah. And and you challenged me. You said, then you need to return my calls in a prompt manner. Because it had been, it, you didn't you didn't do it in a way that was, mm-hmm. was angry. You didn't beat me down because we'd been together for 15 minutes before that. And you were your usual kind, friendly self. And we were talking about ministry and family and all those things. But I remember that, that that really stung. And I remember driving away thinking, well, Dole Garnett, I, I, Rod just kind of laid me out there. But as the Holy Spirit worked in me, it was one of those moments where, you know what? Rod's being a good friend to me because he challenged me because, you know, I need to get back with people because their time is important. Um, I can't tell someone I love them, but then not act like I love them because then it's just words. And mm-hmm. so I don't know that I ever said thank you for that. But thank you for that, because mm-hmm. that really taught me a lesson on how to minister to people and be with people and be the friend that you're talking about right here. Let me give you a quote. I don't know who said it, but it's what I tried to do when we had that. Con- and I remember that conversation. You do. I do remember it. I do remember that. I'm glad you weren't within reach. I didn't know if you were going to punch me or not. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but but and hear this quote, because I think this will make sense. You know, it's God's job to judge. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. But it's my job to love. Absolutely. And sometimes we judge and convict, and that's not that's that doesn't work well. God God can do His job, Holy Spirit. My job less is to love. That's right. And and real love is willing to say hard things, and you're not doing it to condemn. Right. You're not doing it to to heap coals. That my goal wasn't to, you know, bury you. My goal is to help you because I loved you. My sinful pride kicked in on the way home. That was the sin in me. Like, how dare he? But yet the Holy Spirit jumped in and said, he's doing what I asked him to do because you needed to hear that. And so um, I just love that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful. That was outstanding accountability. Well, and then they give you the other verse from Proverbs 27. You know this verse well. Proverbs 27, 17, 17. is iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And to, for a friendship really to work, there's got to be friction. Right, and that's what I iron agree. does. That's what iron does, mm-hmm. and that's what the scripture is talking about. Man, when we have people in our life that, because they love us so much, they're willing to go to the mat for us. That's when you know you've got a friend. And and I've been blessed, Les. I mean, you you are one of those guys, but you know, I meet with a group of guys for thirty years. Thirty every years. Thir- we met this morning. You know, six of us on the call. We do it by Zoom now. Unfortunately, that's the the new world we live in. But, man, we talk about issues, tough issues, real issues. And while I, you know, obviously sometimes I show up, I'm like, man, I don't got a good report. I mean, you know, I feel bad. You know, I got to. But you know what? When I come there and I confess and I'm real and I hear and I pray, I walk out of there motivated and encouraged and eager for the not just the next time we get together, but to do life. Right. So absolutely. That's. But I'll say this too. Let me just add, I know we're getting ready to close, but because you held me accountable and did it in love after I got over myself, I now have been able to speak that same life and accountability into other people. 
in a loving way, but where iron was grating on iron a little bit, I was able to kind of pay that forward a little bit. And once I learned my lesson, not to judge or convict like God and the Holy Spirit, but to love someone in a way that, hey, just you, you need to get back with me. If you tell me you love me or you tell me we're going to be friends, as long as I know it wasn't some life emergency or something like that where they're just, oh, yeah, I just, yeah, I saw that you called, but oh, so that's what you think of me two weeks later. But but you get the point. I'm, I'm able to help other people through that lesson that I learned. Yeah, that's amazing. So characterthatcounts.org, right? Tell me what, what can they find there? All bunch of resources that if you're looking for an accountability partner, if you want to be part of the men's group in the metro or other areas that have it, everything, characterthatcounts.org, what can they find? Yeah, they'll find our schedule. They'll find our resources. Uh, there's actually a, a, a tab on there that helps people that may be struggling with pornography. There's a section on overcoming pornography. Uh, so there's some things that, that we've put there specifically to help men, women, and teens um, with that and and. Yeah, it's fun to see what God's doing. I mean, I, I look I look at that website and just am amazed with some of the things that God is is birthed and is doing, and and uh, we get a lot of a lot of movement there. So yeah, come and see us and check us out. And if there's some things there that uh, that work, and of course you can always contact us through the website as well, and and we can begin a dialogue and even talk about how to help you find accountability in the in this part of the country that you live in. You know, we we're, we're pretty well networked. Uh, my kids kind of like, Dad, Dad, who do you not know? I mean, <laughs> you know, and uh, God's been faithful, you know, and uh, that's part of, I think, his provision is, you know, just this thing called connection that, that only he can do. And, and I laugh because God con- connects dots that really, wow, uh, you know, you see his fingerprints everywhere, Les. Absolutely. We and serve I, a great God. And I love that. We, we serve an amazing God. So as we close, Rod, um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Could we maybe pray for those men out there or anybody out there that needs an accountability partner that is just longing to be free from what they're dealing with in this sinful area or any? They, need, they know they need an accountability partner. Can we just pray and lift them up right now and, and just give that to God? So, Lord, uh, we do bring this specific podcast before you. Thank you, Lord, for the minutes that we've been able to share. And as Les uh, just said, there are, there are men, women, teens, all ages, male and female, that right now you've placed in their heart um, the need for what we've talked about today. They need a person in their life to help them experience the freedom and the joy and the love that only you can provide. And Lord, you can use this word because I've seen you use it in my life and in Les's life. And I pray, Lord, that that as they begin to pray and as they begin to ask you for what this will look like, Lord, that you will quickly point them to the person or persons that are going to be part of their um, this victorious journey. Lord, it'll take courage. It'll take um, a determination. It'll take... Uh, you know, just a mindset that you want them to be victorious. So, Lord, um, I pray you'll help them, help them in this journey, help them to see the right people that you want to bring so they can experience what both Les and I have experienced. Father God, you say in your word, therefore there is now no condemnation Mm -hmm. for those who are in Christ Jesus. So maybe there are people out there that are living in the shame of this sin, whether it's pornography or other sin, Lord, help them understand there's no shame, that you want them to come clean, to be healed, not for lives to be ruined. So, Father God, I pray you give them the courage 
to find someone that they can confess to and, and have strong accountability with and begin to live in this freedom that you've called us to live. No shame, no condemnation, just freedom and healing and deliverance mm-hmm. from this sin and a life that you've called us to live in abundance. So we thank you for this podcast. I thank you for Rod. I pray your blessing over him, his family, Character That Counts, TGIW, and for all those listening out here that have accountability and have thrived through it, for those that need it and those that are seeking it, and uh, just that you would just bless this time. May it reach many, many ears, but more, more, more importantly, many, many hearts. We thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Rod, I thank you so much for being here today. CharacterThatCounts.org, for all you listeners, is the place to go for so many resources. I am so blessed for what you've done, your commitment, Jana's commitment, because you know she's, she has loyally stood by you, and she's just that type of person who would give a kidney to a friend. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing woman Jana Hanley is, but uh, I just thank you for your accountability, for your ministry, for God's ministry, and just for so many ways that you've glorified him, glorified him over the years. Thank you, buddy. To God be the glory. Amen to that. So for more, again, that's characterthatcounts.org. And if you want to find out more information about Abundant Life, maybe some next steps, the different ministries, and more, you can visit us online at livingproof.co. For my guest, Rod Hanley, I'm Liz Norman. Thanks for joining us today on the Watching World Podcast.